Welcome to BBC 100 Historic Objects of the World, episode 101, The Special. Thank you for downloading this special episode of 100 Historic Objects of the World. This is episode 101, which is includes the honourable mention of a specific historic object that we believe should be included in the 100 Objects of the World. Today's object is the satellite. Now alongside me is Tabo Masilela, who will, in, who, will, who will add his perspective on a couple more interesting facts about the satellite. But first, my name is Jack Tofik, and I'm going to give you some more facts. Okay, to start off this special episode, we're going to have to take our minds back all the way to 1945, where the Second World War has just come to a close. And in his Wireless World article, Arthur Clarke has just described the first ever possible use of satellites for global mass communication. This would have greatly affected the, the outcome of the previous world war. This could have changed the world we live in today and everything we know up to now. So obviously, if we're going to talk about satellites in this podcast, we're going to have to know what it was called and where it came from. So the first satellite was designed by Sergei Korolev and in the Soviet Union. It was called the Sputnik 1 and was made in Russia. This evidently triggered the space race between the USA and Russia, which we all know ended with the USA landing a a man on the moon in 1969. But that's a story for another podcast. So, the successor of the Sputnik 1 was called the Sputnik 2. <laughs> Funny, yeah? And this was launched in 1957, but this one had something special. This satellite contained the first ever living passenger to orbit the Earth. It was none other than man's best friend, a dog named Laika. Unfortunately, Laika passed away, but this dog's sacrifice opened our minds to the technological advancement that we could conquer if we just put our heads together. Just a little fact on the side, the largest satellite is called the ISS, which stands for the International Space Station and acts as a hub for all major astronauts in space. Okay, it looks like we're done with all the boring stuff, so let's get on to the type slash uses of all the satellites orbiting our Earth. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the different types of satellites orbiting our Earth right now. Because there are hundreds of different satellites, I'm going to name six with a brief explanation and then list a couple more. Cool, without further ado, let's get into astronomical satellites. These satellites are used for observation of distant planets, galaxies and other outer space objects. These help us to see that we're just a speck in a humongous galaxy. Next up is a biosatellite, which is unpopular to many, including myself, as these are used to carry living organisms into space, which tend to be usually in need for experimentation. Now, this may seem cruel, but it is in need to help better our knowledge. Next up are the communication satellites, which are by far the most used satellites that we use in modern day life. These are stationed in space and are mainly used for telecommunication. Moving right on to the Earth Observation Satellite, these are used for non-military uses such as environmental monitoring or map making. Next up is the Navigational Satellite. These use radio time signals transmitted to enable mobile receivers on the ground to determine the exact location. So for example, if you're looking to go to the shops, it will use your point to help you get from point A to point B. Next up is an interesting one which I found personally interesting so I thought I'd mention are killer satellites. 
These are designed to destroy enemies, enemy satellites or other space assets. Next, I'm just going to list a couple more that you might find interesting or if you want to Google yourself. There are crewed spacecraft, such as the spacecraft that took this astronaut to space in 1969. There are miniaturized satellites, reconnaissance satellites, recovery satellites, space stations, such as the ISS mentioned earlier, tether satellites and weather satellites. Now, I think we've just gone over all the different types of satellites. So next, moving straight on to the uses. Okay, last from me before Tabo comes onto the mic. We are going to talk about the modern day uses of satellites. You are probably, with the help of a satellite, listening to this podcast right now. Satellites are used in everyday use, but I'm going to help you just briefly understand them. So we're going to start off with communication. Communication satellites relay the communication around the circular Earth, allowing communication between widely separated points. This means that you, sitting in the USA, can communicate with your friend who's in Japan or Africa through the help of satellites. You use it every single day, nearly every single second. Using your car with Waze, your house, your cellular phone, your TV, your smartwatch, your radio, the internet that you are listening to this podcast right now. When you look at the weather, you use it every single day. When you're looking to go somewhere on maps and also to create star maps, it's just amazing what this world and how it uses the satellites every single minute of every single day. 24 7 365 now it's not also now it's not only me and you that use satellites the military also use satellites they are used for missile tracking in planes cars mortars to help it hit a target from kilometers and i mean hundreds of kilometers away to the closest meter pinpoint precision all because of a metal object hundreds of kilometers in the space in space they're also used for radar in the military and as well as surveillance. My name was Jack Tuffick and I hope you enjoyed my segment of satellites. Thanks Jack. I'm Tabo Masilela and I'll be speaking about other things about satellites. So it takes a lot of consideration to create a satellite you'd have to go through these few steps. First, you'd have to define what you want the satellite to do. Secondly, find out how many you'll need and what orbit they will be in. You would also have to look at how much sensor field and how much view and communication is needed. Third, you have to figure out what the hardware it will take to achieve what it needs to do. The fourth thing is find out what the satellite needs to do provide to the payload to make it work using such as power and cooling. The fifth thing, figure out how all of these satellites will fit together and work together to perform the task needed. After completing the planning, you go to creating a satellite and it also has as steps such as the last one first you'd have to get a digital digital photo to create the idea of how the model should look like secondly you choose what satellite will be what the satellite will be useful whether military 
navigation or communication. Thirdly, technicians work on the interior of the satellite, also known as a brain, to make it function correctly. Fourth, the circuit boards are soon made and are checked by workforce to check if there are any physical damage, just to make sure that the machinery hasn't scratched or broken a piece off. Fifth, then the robot will make the exterior of the satellite by building it with the metals used as the metals are too heavy for man to lift. Now, the most important of all, what are they made out of? There are a wide variety of materials used to make a satellite, but they usually use extremely light materials, such as aluminium and titanium, and sometimes use additional materials used use as composites and alloys, such as nickel, cadmium, and beryllium aluminium. As Now, some sound facts about satellites. Satellites travel 180 miles per hour in the air. There are 2,500 satellites orbiting the Earth right now, probably above you. The first animal to ever go on a satellite was a dog.